The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. Welcome once again to It Came From The Radio, the official Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking. With me in the studio, I have filmmaker Jerry Lennon. Hello. I have L-Man Jenny Pelleby. Hello, Mark. And on the phone, we have Hassan Godwin. Greetings. On this week's show, we have another J. Lee segment. Uh, from the Big Apple Con, we have our new convention correspondent, Stephanie Lombardo, interviewing artist Mondi Kane. I believe I'm mispronouncing that. And L-Man Jenny Feldy interviews psychic medium and author June Edward. But before we do any of that, we have to take it away with the news. It's morphin' time! The news is brought to you in part by fine folks at Sci-Fi.Radio. That's sci-fi That's for your sci-fi wife. For your wife. <laughs> so, the fine folks of the Big Apple Connor, which we are the official radio show of, celebrating over 26, 7, 8, 9 years of comic books and pop culture stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. The next convention has not been announced yet, but I'm sure they'll have one sometime this year. Also, I want to give a shout out for our Patreons, of which there are. Danny Grillo, Waterwing Director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Newsday Famous Dresden Media, Orange Gun, Shadow Rabbit Art, Yasmin Array, Rosa, and the Huracan. If you want to have your own shout out, go to our website, www.itcamefromradio.com. A little button on there takes you right to our Patreon page. Also from the It Came From the Radio site is my book, Designated, which took 30 years to make, recently performed at the New York Comic Con as a radio play. It's talking about two warring alien races fighting over a newly discovered power source to war finds its way to planet Earth, and as a result, some humans gain abilities. And, um, yeah, so, oh, also want to mention that on Valentine's Day at the East Middle Public Library, that's on Wednesday, February 14th, we have our next live show, which is our 77th live show, and we have a guest mentalist, um, Robin Channing, will be there, and we're giving away a free mentalist session for somebody in the, yes, it's going to be mental (laughs) at the place. And on the 18th of February, that will be our 21st anniversary show. Oh, so it'll congr- be uh, 21 years at the this wow. radio station. Congratulations. Yeah. All right. So uh, as always, we take away with the sad news, which only have one bit of sad news. So this will be quick. Um, actors- That's because you did like a ton of them last <laughs> week. That's why. Yeah, I was really <laughs> deflated walking into the studio because I, I was reading the list of all the sad news and I just was already overwhelmed. So we have one. We have one. Actually, we have we have have two. We have two. Um, So actor Stephen Harold Hallowell died recently. As of this recording, no cause of death has been announced. Stephen is perhaps best known for his portrayal of Zach Dingle in 2,795 episodes of the British soap opera series Emmerdale uh, from 1994 up until his death uh, this year. The show, however, has been on the air since 1972. Um, Also, Stephen appeared as Peter Bishop for 44 episodes on the ABC series The Practice from 1985 to 1986. He was 77. Um, when Ireland, did you play Emmerdale? Did you get to see that? No. I know it's a British show. Yeah, no. They, I, no. I, I never watched it. All right, Jen's giving me to yeah, know. Hassan? No. It's British, so no. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I have seen The Practice. I did watch The Practice when it was in its heyday. Do you remember but Peter I, Bishop? I, I've never seen it. 
I I I can remember him. Well, he was. That I guy. just don't right <laughs> now because I I have to see him. Gotcha. I don't know names. So hard uh, to remember names. He was seventy-seven. And from the desk of Jerry Glenn, <laughs> who do you have for us? Well, I, I just wanted to mention uh, Cheetah Rivera, who passed away, I think it was on Monday, 91, and she was so well-known as a singer, dancer, actress. She origin- originated the role of Anita on Broadway for the West Side Story. So um, wow. it was just sad to, yeah, to hear of her passing. And she was an award-winning actress? Award-winning, yeah, Tony, uh, Tony award-winning. Um, she, uh, she was just amazing, just you know, and she was ninety-one, right? She was ninety-one, yeah. Mm-hmm. Seemingly a brief illness. So that is it for the sad news. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more. It came from the radio. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer thirty and sixty-second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. BKG Productions, LLC, your ultimate audio transformation partner. Got audio that needs a magic touch? I am here to elevate your content, specializing in professional audio editing. I can clean up background noise, plosives, and pesky S sounds from podcasts to songs. I've got you covered, whether it's an interview, music track, setting volumes to precise specs. Email bkgvobiz at gmail.com or go to fiverr.com, search for BK Graves 1, and trust me to make your sound sparkle. Hey everybody, this is Todd McFarlane of the Record Setting Spawn comic series. And if you're looking for any kind of cool conversation about creators, about entertainment, about all that good stuff, you go to It Came From The Radio. You're listening to the right spot. Get ready for the ultimate trading card game experience at the Long Island Trading Card Game Show, happening at the Hilton Long Island on February 17th from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Dive into the world of trading card games with over 100 vendor tables, exclusive meet and greets with special guests, exciting tournaments, and learn to play events. But that's not all. Purchase your tickets online at litcgshow.com and receive a free raffle ticket for a chance to win amazing prizes. Don't miss out on the gaming event of the year, the Long Island Trading Card Game Show, where the excitement never stops. Hello, this is Carrie Hoskins. I play Sonya Blade in Mortal Kombat. You are listening to It Came From The Radio. My neural net processor is linked to sci-fi.radio. It's sci-fi for my Wi-Fi. The more I listen, the more I learn. This is the amazing question. And you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Step into the fantastic world of cool kids, comics, and toys at 2055 Hempstead Turnpike, East Meadow, New York. Discover Comic-Con exclusives, the latest Funko Pops, and a treasure trove of new and vintage toys and comics. Whether you're a collector or a first-time visitor, we got something to spark your imagination over here. Visit Cool Kids Comics and Toys today. Let your adventure begin, huh? Michael McManus. I played Kai on Lex. You're listening to It Came From The Radio. Hey, this is Lee from the podcast Jaybird and Lee, and I wanted to let you know about the Blue Eye Screenplay Contest. Go to filmfreeway.com and submit your script. 15 pages and under for a chance to win $150, a Zoom table read with a talented cast of actors, and an interview on It Came From The Radio. Submit any genre, including horror, action, drama, or comedy. Find the Blue Eye Screenplay Contest on filmfreeway.com or even find us on Facebook. 
everybody, this is Tammy Stronach, um, best known for playing the childlike empress in The NeverEnding Story, an upcoming man and witch fantasy film. You are listening to It Came From The Radio. Now, back to our show. And welcome back to It Came From The Radio, the official The Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking. In the studio, we have L-Man Jenny Feldy. Hey, hey. Filmmaker Jerry Lennon. Hello. And on the welcome. phone, we have Hassan Godwin. Yep, still here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's see what we Glad got. Glad to have you. Uh, let's see. So regular news time. So from the AINU department, uh, none other than George Carlin's daughter, Kelly, has filed suit to the company that made oh. the AI-generated George Carlin oh. comedy special. The lawsuit alleges that the company Shocker. infringed on copyright okay. by yeah, using right? George's materials to train the chatbot without seeking permission or license, licensing and seeking a court order for immediate removal of the special plus an unspecified amount in damages. Kelly says, <clears throat> My father was a legendary comedian and once-in-a-lifetime talent whose legacy is the body of work that he left behind, his actual performances, albums, and books. I understand and, sh- and share the desire for more George Carlin. I, too, want more time with my father. But it is ridiculous to proclaim that he has been quote unquote resurrected with quote unquote AI. The George Carlin in that video is not the beautiful human who defined his generation and raised me with love. It is a poorly excused facsimile cobbled together by unscrupulous individuals to capitalize on the extraordinary goodwill my father has established after his uh, established with his adoring fan base. Now we've talked about this many times. Mm-hmm. Um, something that popped up in my head, which I'm curious about. What would she have said if she said, okay, do the AI and then put it out? That was just a weird thought that just popped in my head. That is it bad because she says that it's bad or is it bad because it's bad? Well, it's personal. <laughs> it's her dad. Right. You know, it's it, for, for her, it's very personal. You know, if it was something else or someone else, but it's, it's her father. And what she just said is true. Like he left a legacy behind and for someone to uh, chime in on that you know, is very hurtful to her. So I get where she's coming from. I definitely get where she's coming from. Jenny, you have thoughts? Ambivalent as usual. Totally agree with everything she said. I'm also going to make a separate point that I also agree with. Um, Imitation is flattery. Highest form of flattery, yeah. And you know what? If I died in five minutes from now, sorry guys, you'll have to clean up the body. (laughs) I would would be mad if you didn't imitate me and keep me alive. You'd be mad. Yeah, yeah, profit off me. Listen, (laughs) you can make a few bucks and make your life even better. Like, use it. Go ahead, Mark. You got my blessing. (laughs) You you heard it all here now. (laughs) But not from some other people. Not from some other people. I don't want that benefit. Okay. What about you, Asan? What are your thoughts? I can't follow that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can. can. Can I use you as AI if you drop dead while we're on the phone? <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> All right, so moving on. From the This Is Why We Have Batman Department, Shannon Merritt, the owner of 901 Comics and 901 Toys in Memphis, Tennessee, which is two different stores on the same street, had both stores broken into and ransacked by three individuals who were caught on camera trying to get to the cash register. All three left empty-handed as the store was still closed for the night and the money was already taken out the register. Shannon was notified of the break-in and went to the store meeting police who arrived shortly thereafter. While police was taking his statement, Shannon got a call from fellow comic book store owner convinced that they were being sold the stolen property. Shannon says, They said they think that someone was trying to sell some of my product. 
They snapped a picture of the person. We couldn't figure out where it was from because they didn't take anything from our stores. Turns out that Shannon's shipping warehouse, which was in a third location, was also broken into and about $3,000 worth of merchandise was stolen. Now here's the crazy part. Shannon says, while police were there taking the report, the guy that was in the picture who was selling the stolen items, items was walking down the street. I immediately recognized him. I went over there and apprehended him and brought him back to the police and said, this is the guy that stole the stolen property. Um, police then arrested the guy in connection to the break-ins and Shannon was able to recover about $1,000 worth of merchandise. So basically, the guy caught the guy stealing it because no help from the police at all. That's well, they weird. were there. Well, yes, they were, the police were there. I mean, they're at least they were, they were conveniently there. Yeah, they yeah. were the handcuffs were available and, you know, <laughs> and the transportation I was just say from the, the store to the jail, you know, that's, yeah. that's good news. But like, it's, that's, that's wild that you get your three stores breaking into and they went for the money, which wasn't there, which obviously, obviously these criminals were not the brightest because mm. you would know you mm. don't keep the money overnight in the mm. building. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Usually. Usually. Well, what retail you know, places well, you I mean, know they leave right. the money in the register? Retail places are run by humans. Humans can be irresponsible. It could happen. Okay. What do you guys think? They're not bright because they're breaking into comic book stores for money. <laughs> that's it. That's not right. Unless they steal the merchandise. <laughs> well, that's the thing. They didn't steal any merchandise except for the third location, and then they tried to sell that merchandise to another comic book store owner, and they wow. recognized, oh, this guy has this stuff. So how many altogether? There what was the three, three, the three locations. Th three locations were hit. Only one of them was stuff taken out. Okay. They went to a fourth, a different comic book store, and since they all know each other, like, hey, that looks like this. Right. That looks like Bob's book that you have in stock and let me take a picture of you and the guy's like oh no and he ran out and he happened to run in front <laughs> of the other store where the cops were <laughs> and the guy's like hey that guy looks familiar and he ran away like come over that's here a, I, have, I have some people cartoon. to talk to you <laughs> so weird hey cops like he didn't even tell the cops that's the guy he went to the guy and brought him to the cops right right that it's, entire uh, that entire situation has the logic of one of those like uh <laughs> G.I. Joe uh, public service announcement <laughs> where one of the Joes just happens to be on the street while this kid is about to climb a, uh, an electric pole or something stupid like that. What was the one? Hey, let's jump our bikes over the, the live wire? <laughs> yes, the live wire. Yeah, that just happens to be jumping around with electricity. That's, that's a good idea. So it's the DIY world. You know, you got to do it yourself. <laughs> but I'm like, it, it's just... How That's insane that whole thing is. It's third world country. That's what Nicaragua, my boyfriend and his dad, they hogtied a yeah, guy you, that yes. they caught in their house. Mm -hmm. And they did it themselves and they brought the guy to the cops themselves. And I was like, this is cool. This is great. Yeah, you mentioned that boy. I remember yeah. that That's story. the kind of so it's happening That's here. the kind of interactive help that the cops appreciate, though. You know? <laughs> so when they gift, when you gift wrap them for them, you know, they really, you know. <laughs> that's that's why Batman would do it. <laughs> they you consider know. that an extra service right there. <laughs> gift wrap. That's cool. I like that. So moving on. Let's see. From the... This is why we can't have nice things follow-up department. In a recent episode of our show, we reported that hundreds of CGC-graded books had been tampered with and the company was scrambling to save face and had hired lawyers to further look into the situation. Turns out that Certified Collectibles Group, which is CGC, has filed suit against former employees Brandon Terraz and his wife Ayana Terraz for, quote, conversion false advertising, and trademark infringement. The suit alleges that the defendants, quote, 
duplicating high-value comic book grade labels and applying them to lower-value comic books, thereby deceiving customers into paying inflated prices for incorrectly graded books. So basically, what these guys are doing, who work for the company that grades stuff, got a book in, and as, as we discussed earlier, um, there's different grading systems from 0 to 10, and so let's say you got shipped in a book that's worth a 5.0, they'll look at it and they go, no, this is really a 2.0, and then they'll slap that label on it. They'll take the book, swap it out, and send it back to them. But they're still paying for the higher rated prices. And that's inside the company. So they're making fake labels and swapping them out for the company. So to put things into perspective, Brandon admitted to swapping five books out of the hundreds that are, that are quote-unquote uh, found out. Um, Amazing Spider-Man 129, Amazing Spider-Man number 16, Incredible Hulk 181, Batman 251, and Silver Surfer number 1. Now... Amazing Spider-Man number 16 at a 9.2 is worth $3,700. At a 9.6, it's worth $1,300. Wow. Amazing Spider-Man number 129, $3,500 at a 9.2. 9.6, $6,500. The Hulk at a 9.2 is $9,500. And a 9.6 is $19,000. Say what? <laughs> so that's, that's just a few points difference. Is a large amount of money. Silver Surfer number one, 9.2. It's worth $5,750. A 9.6 is $28,000. Wow. So this is really, really bad for the company that they're filing suit on their own employees for doing something. That, and they said they only did five. They admitted to doing five. And we've already said that they were 100. Uh, I think they said it was 350 books that they found out about. And we've been talking about yeah, this for a long trust, time. You can't ever trust that stuff again. Can't. You just can't. It's, There's no integrity to it now. And there never was. <laughs> it's, well, it, 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 so that, that very well may be, but you can't. <laughs> I mean, when someone starts tampering with the numbers to the point where the people in their own company are suing other members of their own company for messing with yeah. the numbers, and they're like, oh, they're, oh, they only happened to five, so everything else <laughs> is worth your money. I don't think that's, you know, that's not credible. No. It's... In a, it's, we're in a situation where we have mentioned many times, and Jen was actually one of the first ones I remember. She was like, oh, you never know what's in the book. You could just put a piece of paper on something, slap the cover on, and it could be something else. And this is exactly what's going on. Mm -hmm. It's so crazy how mm -hmm. this could, it probably won't, but it could really destroy the collectability market of comic books. Because right. it's an arbitrary thing to begin with, as I was telling you off yeah. the, before we aired. Yeah. So as, as a non-collectible person, Jerry, what are your thoughts about this mm. whole... First of all, I think it's a colossal amount of money for a comic book. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's crazy to me. Um, but yeah, it's like colossal. everything else. It's like swapping labels, you know, in a department store. Um, right. You don't, you know, one, two, two shirts identically the same, but because one has a label, it's, you know, right. valued much more. Um, it's crazy, and and I agree. The fact that it's happened and it's out there, it's hard to uh, not, you know, look at something and go, "Is this real or is it fake?" And it makes me wonder how many books are actually out there that are tampered with, yeah. which in yeah. turn will affect the comic book stores, which are mm -hmm. buying all these books mm -hmm. that you never know what's actually in these things, and now you have proof. There's a lawsuit from the company. Lo suing themselves. Suing themselves, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just how? more proof that American dollars failing how? and that really the value of something is the value in which upon what we give it ourselves. Yes. Right. Agreed. Right. Hassan, what are, you, what are your thoughts on this? On this? 
do your own research and stop relying, stop being lazy collectors. Do your own research and stop relying on other people or other entities to tell you the value of right. something. Yeah. Because it's not, you know, there, you don't know what the ulterior motives of the people who are evaluating this stuff are in the first place. If mm. it's something of value to you, mm. it's worth your money. If it's something you think is going to be of value because somebody in in California or wherever told you, hey, this is going to be very valuable, then you're probably out of your league and in over your head and should not be spending your money on it. Preach. I'm going to throw back to uh, QVC and Home Shopping Network when they, in the 90s, when they had comic books on sale at these places. And they're like, oh, we're selling all these books because they're going to be worth something. And that was why they were selling the comic books on QVC. That's not funny because he remembers. You know, late at night, 3 o'clock in the morning, there's like, oh, these books are going to be worth tons and tons of money. And here we are 20-something yeah. years later. And not worth anything yeah. because they were made so many of them. But it was everybody bought yeah, them. They saturated the market and oh, they yes. decreased the value of everything. Yeah, it's kind of like it's it's kind of and very briefly, it's the same situation as with this AI stuff. The problem with AI isn't AI; it's the bad actors who keep pushing AI hmm. in this negative direction that it's going to turn everybody, or slowly but surely, turning the public sentiment against it. There's nothing wrong. Regenerative AI. There's nothing wrong with with you know new technologies. It's the people who abuse the the services, the people who abuse these things, that give it all a bad name. You know, and so that's that's the same with this situation. If there's nothing wrong with the service, it's going to tell you the value of some of your possessions or your items. It's going to tell you the you know the the genuine article. Of yeah, you've had this for you know this fam- this this heirloom's been in your family for a hundred years. This is such and such amount of money. You can logically get this much money for this, or if you you know if you keep it in good shape and hold on to it for another fifty years, it could be worth like a million dollars or something like. That. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with appraisal. But people who abuse it for money, and then the people who are preyed upon, who didn't do their own research and didn't do the due diligence and just believed the first person. With a with a you know microscope that they that they came across, you're you know you're gonna get taken for your money. There's a lot of people out there to take you for your money. That's basically you know a full time job for those for these people, and you have to be very careful. Come on back to what came from the radio for more antiquing tips. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me think of the internet. That it is a tool and it can be used for so many yeah. good things. But like and guns. yet, <laughs> and yet, it's not being used for mm-hmm. good things at all. Because I remember there was a, a Twitter account that was supposed to be like AI, and it was supposed to learn based on Twitter. And like after, it wasn't even a day. Mm-hmm. By taking in all the tweets and questions, it became racist and homophobic. Wow. And it was like in three days, it was wow. saying how it all it loved Hitler. Like it was crazy. Wow. Wow. And it was like, it wasn't even a week. And they're like, we got to shut this down because huh. it was getting all the negative feedback as to what the internet was giving it. Yeah. So I think we're in a situation where Hassan is right, that it is a tool. Mm-hmm. But sadly, the people that are using the tools are not people you want using the tools. Well, not everyone. I'm giving away plants online. I'm finding people to take my free plants and oxygenate our planet. So, you know. See, there we go. One, one person. But yeah. do, you, do you remember the hype about uh, with Beanie Babies? 
Yes. Like yes. Beanie Babies. Now, and I have three kids. Now, three ad- <laughs> yeah. now they're three adults. But back then, you know, there, there was this crazy Beanie Babies. Uh-huh. You were part of the Beanie Baby oh craze? Oh, my God. If you it. bought a Beanie Baby and you yeah. saved the tag yeah. and da 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 And you were buying every Beanie Baby <laughs> out there uh, with the hopes of saving it, you know? Oh, and God. then uh, one Christmas, um, my son wanted the Peace Puppy. And uh, oh right, right, yes. So the, the peace puppy yes. for Christmas. The valuable that the, was one. The of va- high yeah. yeah. Now normally a beanie baby is like ten bucks, whatever. So long story short, um, it was Christmas time. I'm like, oh, what am I going to do? And my son goes, well, Santa can bring it because Santa, you know. Oh, wow. I had to get go on eBay <laughs> and I paid something like almost a hundred dollars for oh this. My God. This right because it was Christmas. I would never. But like wow. again, the hype wow. was there. Now, I still have that piece. Uh, <laughs> I kept that piece puppy. But wait, wait, wait. So did you let him play with it? Like, you can't, yeah, you have yeah, to look at but, it. You can't to touch a, it. No, 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 no. To me, it's a toy. <laughs> right. But I'm just saying, people are, you, they're putting, you know, no, no, I bought all the Beanie Babies, but I let them play with it. But we're like, careful with the tag. Yeah, that was the whole thing. Yeah. The, the tag. The tag. Careful with the tag. And you had yeah. the little plastic that you could, as, a, as a mother, it was worth it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. To see so. him Christmas morning with these peace puppy <laughs> Beanie Babies. But I still have that peace puppy Beanie Baby. I wonder what the I don't know, but yeah, it's 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 the whole collectability market is yes, it's, it's very very it's odd. It is if you yeah. really think about it. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that some of these books are going for thousands and millions, we've reported I, on millions crazy. of dollars yeah, for I, something. At least with the Beanie Baby, you can touch. Yeah, you oh, can't yeah. touch the thing in the in the slab because you can't get into it. Yeah, yeah. And it may not even be the thing that's in I the mean, thing in the first place. Listen, I'm not a lover of cocaine. I've tried it five times. <laughs> I never want to do it again. But like, I can understand yeah. that a lot more than people collecting comic books for like millions of dollars. Like, I well, there's, I mean, there's, there's, it's a, you know, <laughs> both of them either. are kind of a dopamine hit. You know, to to right. have something that you very much enjoy can give you an energetic or a, a, you know an adrenaline buzz to the, the, the joy of actually having things right. it is more fleeting absolutely and it's not as it's definitely not as potent but it's kind of the same motivation right. it's it comes from the same uh the same adrenal gland you know yeah. to to have things that you want versus to artificially take to ingest something that will give you that same buzz but i mean yeah you're they're absolutely. I mean, all of it is is nonsense. All of it is craziness right. because, like, it's just like an NFT. It's not you real. Remember right. the NFT? You know, it's no. like it's right. Yeah, it's so, not real. And then supposedly they're coming back. It's none of it's real. And the NFT was like a kind of in your face. It's not real, right. but you're still going to pay me for it <laughs> NFT because house. I've given this thing value, and yeah. you are sucker enough to to believe the value that I've given this thing, and you will pay for that value all because right. of your fear of missing out. So, Hassan, so we're it, almost out of time. So, last thought. 30 seconds. Go. Uh, turn off the internet. <laughs> Jerry, a final thought? Yeah. If, if you love something, no matter what it is, um, if it's $2 or $22, if, if you love it and you want it, get it. Jen, final thought? If it's free, it's for me. If it's NFT, <laughs> maybe it's not for me. So, that's it for the news. Oh um, everybody listening to us on the air, we'll see you next week. For everybody else, stay tuned for more. We came from the radio. Chick- Hi, this is Tammy Stronach, um, best known for playing the childlike empress in The NeverEnding Story, an upcoming man and witch fantasy film. You are listening to It Came From The Radio. Now, back to our show. Hey, this is Jaybird and Lee, and we're here to talk about movies, music, TV, and what's going on in our part of the world. Today, we're here to talk about Wonka and Mean Girls. 
Yes, Willy Wonka. Last time we spoke about Wonka, we saw the first two movies, right? And mm-hmm. now we finally saw the third. Yes, we did. And the prequel with Timothy Chalamet, right? Chalamet? Yeah, Chalamet. Uh, it was it was okay. I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. It wasn't bad. The uh, music I wasn't expecting. You, well, I mean, for I guess the thing is. Willy Wonka, the first movie, was kind of a musical, right? The second one had a lot of music in it with the Oompa Loompas. Yeah, but it's a different type of musical, you know what I mean? Yeah, I guess that's true. This is kind of a little This is more like Broadway. I don't know. Well, maybe they'll turn it into a Broadway show. Or did they? No, not this one. I don't think so. Yeah. I hope they don't. (laughs) Maybe, Maybe that's the idea for it. I mean, I didn't like some of the characters, I guess. But Which I did. I don't think I liked the little girl that much that was helping out Wonka. Yeah, she yeah. was okay. I mean, I did. I, there you wasn't know, that much depth to the characters. Well, I think there was depth to her a little bit, but they didn't really. I mean, like, to the villains. Well, the villains were just yeah, they were cookie cutter chocolate guys. You know, they just yeah. wanted to kind of like make sure that they were the chocolate mafia or whatever you want to call it, because yeah. they were all making sure that all the candies were coming from them, and they didn't want anyone else. To participate. Like Monopoly of Chocolate. Yes, the Monopoly of Chocolate, you know? But I mean, I think, like, with the girl, like, I would have... Uh, maybe there's a sequel coming that's a little more in-depth with her or something, but I, I don't know. Otherwise, I didn't think it was necessary to have her backstory such a big deal. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I thought it was it was okay. Um, well, you're just surprised that it was a musical because in the commercial it didn't show one. Right? Yeah. And that's been the trend lately. Mm-hmm. In uh, Mean Girls, too, my mom and I saw the uh, commercial, and it didn't commercial, the trailer, and it didn't seem like it was going to be a musical. Little did I know. It, in fact, was, and it was based off a Broadway play, which I had no idea about. But. Yeah. Well, what happened was it's like, yeah, the movie was came out many years ago. Then they had, and it was a big hit. Then they turned it into the play over the last year or two, right, or a couple. Of, I don't even know how long. Yeah. And then they like turned that. it into the into the movie, which was a musical. But you're right; the trailer didn't show that it was going to be a musical. And they did yeah. the same thing to the Color so, Purple. Really? That that was a musical too. Yeah. So apparently, Color Purple is a musical also, but it was a movie. Then it turned into a play, and now and then it's- they. Huh. Now it's a you know musical movie. Is it just for sales? Or are they just trying to make more sales? I don't know. I I think they're afraid of people not wanting to go to musicals. Well, it's understandable because there was like no one in the theater. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh well, okay. That's that's not good. And it was out pretty quick. Wait, wasn't that opening weekend? I don't. Was it? I feel like you guys went like either. It might have been opening weekend or the. Same I don't know, weekend. but there wasn't that many people in the theater. Like there were um there were seats open everywhere. So, did you like it? Mm. Not really? Okay. Not really. Like, honestly, I would much rather see regular Mean... I'm not even that huge of a Mean Girls fan. But if I was to see it, I would much rather see it on, uh, like, the normal version or, I guess, yeah. Broadway. But I wouldn't even want to see Broadway. Oh, okay. All right. So <laughs> I don't know. You're not a Mean Girls person in the first... Like, it was funny, like, the first time around, you know? it was. Yeah. It was considered a big hit, I think. Well, it was, I mean, the first one is great, but this one, I don't know. Well, you know, you don't have to really like it. It's okay. You know, not a big deal. I mean, it's just, I guess that they're um, projecting these movies as if they're not musicals. And then when you go to see a musical, like there's, it's just like 
Well, I think that's the thing. You expect to see one type of film, like a drama or some or a comedy, and, and then you, you see something music, else, right? Like I, they used to make a lot of trailers that were misleading anyway back in the day. So like, I think I wanted to go see this movie called Project X, and it was with uh, Matthew Broderick, and he was like just came off of Ferris Bueller. And they kind of made the trailer a comedy in a way. They made it look like it was going to be funny, and it was not funny at all. <laughs> and you're like, this is the worst movie of all time yeah. because it wasn't what I expected. It's misleading to make like sales, I guess. Yeah, it was. It's not really working, to be honest, though. I guess. I don't know what the box office is on it, but if you don't like that kind of stuff, you're just not going to like yeah. it. No, definitely like research the movie before you see it. Yeah, especially ones that were Broadway plays that are turned back into movies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Anyway, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay connected. Hello friends, this is Ranger Rob and I'd like to talk to you about dog poop. That's right, dog poop. I invented Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags, a very large bag with handles. My bags support large and small dogs and smell like lemon. They are strong and affordable. You can find Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags at Amazon. They come in sheets or in rolls and come with a dispenser. Once you try Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags, you'll never want to go back. So come join us. Go to Amazon and try Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags today. Now, back to our show. Hello, I'm Stage and Screen Steph, and we're here with Madi Keen, independent comic book artist. So, Madi, tell us a little bit about your work, some stories, and what you got going on. All right, I um, started this indie comics company in 2021, late 2021, um, and I've just been self-publishing independent books ever since. I got into some comic book stores, and every day I just do a page, and uh, it's been going well, and it's been going good, yeah. What got you interested in starting your own comics? Like, what was that spark for you? Well, originally I was a musician, and then after COVID, the, um, all the gigs kind of dissipated, and so I had all this creative energy and nowhere to put it. And I remembered I loved comics when I was a kid. And so I just started drawing and started making it and remembering and everything. And then I got addicted and I haven't stopped yet. And so how did you get here at this convention today? Well, I've been doing the conventions for a while and then I was in Baltimore Comic Con and the organizer wanted to invite me out. And so I'm here as a, as a guest and a, as a comic guest. So it's nice, yeah. Tell us some stories that you have going on here. Well, my main squeeze is uh, this book called Steel Streets that is an homage to the comics of the 80s, kind of reminiscent of the Ninja Turtles and RoboCop and a grittier uh, black and white uh, art style. And it's all about kind of world building where in the back of the book there's also these retro ads that some are real, some are not, some are of toys that have never existed, of movies that don't, you know, so it's all world building. And right now I'm on issue, uh, just finished issue 8. And it's been, uh, it's been great. Wow. They're, the, they're the loves of my life. <laughs> and how was the independent publishing experience? Is it, how did you get started with it? So I started, um, I would finance my books with my, with my day job. And then little by little, as I kind of uh, would build my following, yeah. the scale would tip towards, um, yeah. towards uh, being able to just afford the books on, on their own. You know? okay, okay. And so little by little, you kind of build it. And, uh, and now it's a self-sustaining uh, entity, yeah. So you illustrate everything and you write everything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and 
every now and again I collaborate with artists. For example, a good friend of mine, uh, Jonathan Marks Barovecchia, he drew this book while I wrote and colored it. And his art style is, is abstract and beautiful and raw and energetic. And he actually has a book coming out in April called Bear Pirate Viking Queen. Yeah, with Image Comics. Amazing. Very cool. But for the most part, yes, I, I write and read it. Amazing. Where can we go to find out more of your work? You can go to superherocomics.com with a Z. Superhero. I love it. Wow. Well, thank you so much. You. It's been so much fun chatting. Thank you so much. Yeah, sure. Back to you in the studio. The Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot Club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516-221-9337. The Comic Book Depot. Now, back to our show. You know I'm Elman, and I'm here with an individual who can travel back and forth from the fifth dimension, June Edward. Not to be confused with another Edward. She's a psychic medium who's worked on missing person cases, consults with various paranormal groups. She's an author, a teacher of psychic and mediumship development, which I've gone to three different psychic and mediumship development courses several years ago, and I might have to take her course. She created the Relationship Mastery Program. I got to read this. I didn't read it. I, I didn't read her book. Which the mas the mastery program. Wow, Mark is gonna love this intro. Mark is my co-host, June. You haven't met him. So this mastery program teaches people how to change their energy, learn their five love lessons, and magnetize anyone or anything into their lives. If I get all tumbled up on her intros, because she does so many things, and she probably does things in different realms. So we're here, June Edward. I can keep uh, saying things to add to who you are, but here you are. Hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> So thanks for being on. It came from the radio. I'll get right to the first question. What the heck is the Relationship Mastery Program and how has it helped humans? So, um, you know, when I started out as a medium and a psychic, everybody comes to you and wants to know about their relationships. That's the number one question. Mm -hmm. And I was really divinely guided to create this program to help people reconcile relationships they were having problems in and I really geared it towards people heading towards divorce separation that type of thing and the majority of the people that found me literally were you know ready to take their own life and I would pop up on their computer somehow and they would find me and I only work with one person in the relationship I don't do couple therapy one person because there's always one person that's in charge there's a leader and a follower right and for every action there's an equal or greater reaction so I teach one person how energy works how the universe works how to get in touch with their soul to be able to make their decisions and when they change everything around them changes and when they raise their vibration when you're with someone, you're on the same energetic frequency with them. It's like a radio station. You can't get the station in unless you're on the right frequency, right? Thank well, when you. you're with someone, you've attracted them in your life because you're on that same frequency. And when when you're still in that close proximity of someone that you really care about and want to be mm -hmm. with, when you raise your vibration, either they raise their vibration to stay with you or it's not going to work, one or yeah. the other. So when you do something differently, they do something differently. 
And my success rate is just astronomical, to be honest. And it completely changes their lives. I could tell you story after story. There's plenty of videos on my website from students and, and my blogs and reviews. And just there's just so much information. I've had hundreds and hundreds of people go through the program. And the result of the program was my book, All's Fair in Love and Karma. Because what I realized was that everyone going through the program was working on the same five soul lessons in order to advance their soul. Okay, very interesting. So going right into the next question, fits right in. You noted in another interview that you like to meet with the individuals in a relationship, and you noted it here, because if one changes, then the other person changes. Exactly. I'll give you a quick aside. Uh, my mom loves this farmer type of Janny character I do, but she doesn't seem to really... Um, she seems to get triggered and have all types of issues with New York Jen. But if I become like Southern country Jen and change my energy, I get a really awesome person in return. But if I'm New York, get it done, get it done. Um, my mom's not really the happiest person with me. So, so that's just proof. I well, that you're just triggering her because we're mirrors to each other. That's why. <laughs> Very interesting. Yes. So back to you now, you know, I think that. Uh, you know, like attracts like. I'm a big believer in that for years. If I'm on 98.7 radio and you're on 900, you, we might not be able to get on the same channel. But very simply, like attracts like. Many believe this. I believe that if you behave like trash, well, it only makes sense that you'll attract trashy people. What do you think? Well, this is where, you know, I also teach the law of attraction as all part of the program. And when you raise your vibration, Again, you're on a different frequency, so you're going to attract people that are on a different frequency. If you want to change your life, change your frequency, bottom line, change your energy. The mm -hmm. trick to the law of attraction, however, and maintaining it is actually balancing your energy. And that's a very difficult thing to do. Balancing your energy. Yeah. So here's here's one thing, right? Um, kind of had this thought. Now, you know, I do radio, stand up, thing health work. So, you know, all these different types of people or simply just a lawyer. If you're a lawyer, you're going to attract all types of clients, I would imagine. Um, but if you change your energy, it's going to be different. So, um, you know, I had one person say to me, Pat, you attract the craziest people. But I said, that's all you hear about because I don't tell you about the good ones because that breeds jealousy. So, you know, uh, I keep all the good news. What, uh, what do you think about public figure type people like yourself who you're going to attract all types of people and whether you like them or not? Um, yes and no. I attract people that are interested in learning, hopefully. Okay. Um, right. But still, the people that are drawn to me are drawn to me for a reason. Nothing in life is random. Everything happens for a reason. There's no coincidences. And usually, you know, quite honestly, we planned this life before we came here. So most of the things that are happening in your life were planned. Yeah, it's very interesting. I will say, <laughs> I will say this. Um, I've had several psychics, like professional psychics or whatever, intuitives, whatever their moniker is, uh, all over the nation, uh, who don't know each other, tell me the same things about my future and within the last 20 years. And a lot of it's come true. So I do have some belief in, um, you know, predicting the future and I predicted the future, but back to you, I want to know your thoughts. That's why you're here. It's like, you pick your brain, even though I can't stand that expression. <laughs> it just freaks me out. So now I've offended one person I know. I've offended a lot of people, but I offended one person in particular at least two times, extremely severely with what I thought were compliments. I thought they were the highest compliments, but this person was so upset and offended. Now, how come every, in your book, your book addresses how come everything 
seems to how come everything seems to trigger some people? Why do some people get triggered? So and you talk about triggers. So why are some so in, easily insulted and yeah. triggered? So they're still learning, bottom line. Um, we're here in a 3D body having a human experience. And quite mm -hmm. honestly, you're not responsible for how they took what, anything you had to say. You can't make someone love you. Or you'd be looking at this guy and saying, hey, you're, you're going to be the love of my life, right? You can't make anyone feel anything. That is completely on them. And hmm. what anybody thinks about you is none of your business, quite honestly. Hmm. You know, that's their issue, their problem. Um, and a lot of people are triggered because they still have, uh, they're living in the 3D drama, bottom line. Interesting. It's like asking people questions. A lot of times that'll trigger people. And it doesn't matter if you're just going home to your husband at night and saying, how was your day, honey? Ah, what the hell do you care? Right. Instead of turning into a statement and saying, hey, I hope you had a great day today. That gives a pause. They can think about that for a second and not be so reactive. So yeah. there's lots of little things that you can do, you know, when you're trying not to trigger people. But quite honestly, people have to own their own stuff. Yeah, I'm a big believer in that. And maybe that's why I'll keep on going, triggering some people. But you're right about the questions. Yeah, I will say my mom, there's two people I talk about. Uh, sorry, my parents and myself. Not not everything, but she gets very upset if I ask her simple questions a lot of times. And I I always thought, you know, it, it feels like a court interrogation. That's how she reacts. Like I'm interrogating her like yeah, a lawyer. And I've trigger. even been called a lawyer a few times. <laughs> So here we go. We have an explanation. There we go. Thank you, June. So on to the next question. Um, do you believe in demons or bad spirits? And do you think some humans can actually bring darkness and destruction into our lives? So I'm not sure if you got to the book that part, but I died at 27 and I came yes. back here by choice. Okay. So um, I'm not sure really what I believed in before passing away, to be honest with you. I thought a lot of it was a bunch of hooey. Right. Um, I was very spiritual and I always knew that there was something more. And I had mm -hmm. a lot of ability since I was a child. But to look at the hierarchy, you know, Mother Mary and, you know, saints and angels, I don't know that I believed most of that. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you that once you've experienced something, your belief system changes. Yeah, and I certainly understand and know that they are true. And I teach people how to talk to and work with angels. And you have to remember that everything in the universe has to stay in balance. So if there's good, there's evil, right? If you have a God, you have a devil. It's that simple. And everything that's happening in the world right now is nothing more than spiritual warfare that's happening on a large scale because it's out of balance. And the end goal for both God and the devil is your soul. That's the prize. So there are absolutely demons. Um, they have taught me a number of things from the other side. I never wanted to be working with demons or things like that, but it's all part of my education. So yes, I've seen them. I've worked with them. I've been attacked by them. They are real. Absolutely. Just as the angels and the saints and the ascended masters and God and Jesus, they're all real. It doesn't matter what you call it. There's only one when you get to the other side. Source energy, God, Buddha, Krishna. It doesn't matter. There's one. Very interesting. You know, this is a personal question, but I do think oh, some people in the audience would find this interesting. So I'm going to ask it or just tell you and see what you think. See what June thinks. That's what we're calling this interview. These are our questions. What do you think? This is what happened. What do you think? What does June think? Um, all right. Uh, very long story short, because I would be thinking about putting this into a movie. Uh, six or seven or more uh, spiritual people. Uh, one is an FBI agent. One's a military doctor. Uh, they all think I was possibly murdered or attempted to be killed or a, to, meant to be a sacrificial lamb sometime in the last month or so. 
I was extremely sick. I thought I was going to die. I was on this couch right here. So I'm not going to tell the whole story. That's that's this is about you today. But I thought I was going to die. I was having fever. It felt like I was on cocaine. I wasn't on any cocaine. I didn't even have coffee in my system. I have more coffee today than I had in like 10 days that time. Right. So all these people called me and I've never prayed to God, but I prayed to God as an experiment. I said, you know, if I'm deserved to be healed or if that's what's meant to be and I'm healed and I made all these promises and I had a whole conversation with God, you know, or as I was told to basically, I said, I'll give it a chance because I don't like to ask for things. I really don't. So I, I might've slipped in Jesus or the Holy Ghost. I had a fever, so I, I don't remember everything a hundred percent clear. I know I wasn't delusional, but I prayed. Okay. I asked for healing. I, I really thought I was going to die. Well, what does June think? Uh, I felt things touching me. I felt things. Uh, Dorothy Kadosh is a is a well known psychic. Wow, if you don't know her, oh my God. Uh, she actually said you can ask uh, spiritual beings or aliens to do psychic surgery on you. And I felt things going in here, but simply the most profound thing was I felt like someone was going like this. I felt what felt like birds or wings or something flying all over the place. Now my windows were closed, and it was flying in wind, and the fever went away, the cocaine feeling went away everything went away. I felt big peace and I fell asleep. So what do you think about wind on your face after praying to God? What? So remember, just because you can't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. You can't see mm -hmm. the air you're breathing, but it's there. You can't see the microwaves cooking your food, but it works, right? They are real. I see them. Okay. I see mm -hmm. them very clearly I, and I can see energy. It's amazing. And I usually ask Mother Mary and Archangel Raphael because they work together for healing. And it sounds to me that that's who was there. And they will absolutely, God's a very forgiving God. You can be on your deathbed and ask for forgiveness, you know, and mm. he'll accept you immediately. So definitely. So what the other thing is self-worth. That's one of our biggest lessons. And not being able to ask for something speaks to low self-worth because you are deserving. You are as deserving as anyone else in this world. You're the only one of you. You're special. We need you here. But angels mm. can't help you if you don't ask. They were never human. They're a separate race. And this is their rule. So if you want mm. them to help you, you have to ask. And then they will be there immediately. Yes. And you saw it. Um, you know who said that was Sylvia Brown? I saw her live like 20 years ago or something. I think she said that in her book on angels. And my mom that's one thing that my mom said to me that stuck with me. And I said, I don't know. This lady seems a little crazy, but I'll try. You know, that was years ago. I'm almost 40. Yeah. Back to you. Uh, all right. The demons and spirits. All right. So before you had a near-death experience, you, you knew surgery would kill you. You said this in another interview. I did. You knew. Yeah. I knew it. I just knew and it. it did. It did. Um, Absolutely. I put it off for five years because I knew I was going to die. You knew. You yeah. knew. Okay. But that's so, your soul. That knowing is your soul. You and I are not the suit that sits here right now. We are the energetic soul inside. That's who we truly are. And, you know, we've got a body. We're having a 3D experience. We've got a brain in our head, right? Your brain is nothing more than a massive computer. And it has a specific job. Its job is to protect you. How does it do that? It does it by creating fear. So people make their decisions based on fear. And when you do that, it's a crapshoot. Sometimes it's mm. right. Sometimes it's wrong. But you're always questioning the decision. When yeah. you make that decision from that knowing, that is your soul. That is the right decision 100% of the time, every time. And you don't question it. So that's how right. I knew it was my soul I was listening to, which I didn't understand at the time where it was coming from. Very interesting. You know what? Um, I have one more thing. 
so this November 24th thing uh, that almost killed me, it was an IV drip. And I was offered this health boosting IV drip like eight times, 10 times, 15 times. I just felt like it was a bad idea on my gut. So I slept through the appointment. I didn't even go to the appointment. And I got there late. And there's still people, come on, get the IV drip. I'm like, no, no, no. So me, I blurted out, I've done a commercial on IV drip. So I know about these things. I saw an NFL get that. NFL player get an IV drip. In the place we were shooting the commercial that I was producing, he was fine. Everyone was fine. Anyway, I just felt like it was going to destroy me. So when they offered it to me again, I said, will it give me insomnia? So my question to you, and that's what happened. I got insomnia from November 24th until January 8th and almost ruined my life. My question is, do you think we know before a drug or a human will try to destroy us? Your soul knows everything because you you planned this life here and your soul is way too big for your body. So some of it's in your body, some of it's over your head that they call an aura. And the majority of your soul is actually in the fifth dimension, the lowest level of heaven and orchestrates the timing of events in your life. So when you're getting in touch with your soul, like through meditation, you're not just getting in touch with the part of your soul that's in your body. You're getting in touch with that part of your soul that's in the lowest level of heaven, that knows the plan, that has all the knowledge of all your lifetimes, and absolutely knows what's happening, what's going to happen, and is giving you those indicators in your life here for you to follow. That's the breadcrumbs to follow forward. So you know what? We're past the 15 minute mark, but you're so interesting. So sometimes I can do 20 minutes and it's okay. <laughs> so my, my final question to you is, do you have anything you'd like to share with the public? Anything? So yeah, I mean, we hear people, you know, they, they, they wonder why things keep happening in their life. How come I have no money in my life? How come I can't meet the right guy? How come I keep making bad decisions? Get the book, All's Fair in Love and Karma. There's five major reasons that you're here. And until you learn those lessons, you're going to keep repeating the same stuff over and over in your life. You know, the universe wants you to think you have choice, but your choice is like a game show, door one, two, three. You take door one, you go through, get married, have kids, get divorced, you're in front of door one, two, three again. You tend to take door one again, get married, have kids, get divorced, be in front of one door three. If you learn the lesson you were supposed to be learning, whether it was self-worth, trust and communication, unconditional love, whatever that was, you're not taking door one anymore. You're going to take door mm. two and three. And you may still get married and have more kids, but it's not going to end in divorce the way the other two did because you learned that lesson. And the Relationship Mastery Program actually teaches everyone all those five lessons. So you can look at your life from a higher perspective and understand why things are happening. And everything just rolls off your, buck, off your back like a duck at that point. You don't take any of this stuff too serious because you realize you're just an actor in a play here. You're here for a very short time. You're here to enjoy it. You're here to have a little mini vacation. Enjoy life. Get out there. Do that, you know? Right, right. Do <laughs> Do on that note, Mark is Mark. Mark, we have two curse words in this one. <laughs> I'm leaving that part in now. No, no, I'm sorry. I love I love it when people are real and and break the FCC boundaries. I love it. Swear. Sorry, that's okay. That's all good. All right. So on that note, we're gonna wrap up. And please tell our audience where to find you, your website, all your socials. Yep, JuneEdward.com. There's no S in there. JuneEdward.com. I am on all the social media except the TikTok. I am not on TikTok. Um, but Facebook more than anything, um, yeah. but you can reach me through my website. There's a free webinar on there. You can learn about energy. You can watch videos on my students, videos on different podcasts. You can get links to all of my books on there. Um, and my first book is 
A Night on the Other Side, and that will teach you everything you need to know about psychic development and mediumship development. Everything that I taught, you can learn in that book. A Night on the Other Side, and that's yeah. a book, and it's a hardcover or softcover um, soft audio cover. book? Softcover. Audio? Yep. Nope. The only one that's in audio is All Fair and Love and Karma. Yeah. Ah, the other book, you really nice. want to keep it as a um, as a tool to go back. If you're having problems, go back and keep looking and see, oh, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? That type of thing. Very interesting. Thank you so yeah. much for all your insights and sharing your brain. Um, if you like this interview and you like what you're hearing, I would tell you just type in June Edward on YouTube. You're going to find some interesting stuff. She is so interesting. I got it. Wow. I just. I could go on and on. Actually, I, I guess I'm speechless or I'm speechful. I, I don't even know where to stop. And that never really happens to me. It's like she's there's so many things I want to say. This has never really happened to me wrapping up any interview because I feel like you're you have so much going on. That's how so I feel. And I never know what any day is going to bring me. I do do readings. I do Akashic records, astrology, numerology, you name it. I do it. I never know what's going to happen. I'm going to have to contact you for a reading. <laughs> it's been a long time. All right. Thank you, June Edward. And now back to more came from the radio. If you had any honor, you would listen to sci-fi.radio, the sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. Kapla. Now, back to our show. So that about does it for this week on the Came From the Radio. Join us right here any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of the show, tough. go to our newly revised website, www.itcamefromradio.com. The archives will be up in a week or so. Check us out on such places as btd.radio, sci-fi.radio, indievolt.com, centraloregonradio.com. Check us out on our places such as Facebook, Instagram, YouTube page, Twitter. And always follow the cost-benefit ratio. If the benefits outweigh the costs, do it. If the costs outweigh the benefits, don't do it. Or just Google, it came from the radio. And we'll see you next week. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast.